From Connects Media, this is Atlanta Born and Brand. I'm your host, Jonathan Hilliard. Atlanta Born and Brand is a show about businesses built right here in the capital of the South. But more importantly, it's a show about their founders. We wanted to find some of the city's most interesting entrepreneurs and creators, hear about their challenges, successes, and how they built a brand that will last. The journey of children in foster care can often be a stressful and sudden situation. Too many children arrive at their new foster homes with very few possessions, some with nothing but the clothes on their backs. Today we're sitting down with Rebecca Black, founder of the nonprofit Jambos Donates. Jambos mission is to bring a sense of comfort through providing essential items to children in foster care like pajamas. We're talking about the importance of heartbeat versus heartbreak language and what we can each do to help bring comfort to children in need. Rebecca, thanks so much for for joining us today. How is everything? Oh, things are great. Thank you so much for having me. This is really, really exciting. So absolutely. No, we, we uh, like we were talking offline beforehand. We, we know a little bit about your brand, but we're excited to kind of dive into the backstory and, and hear yeah. sort of the inner workings of how things got started. But a way we like to open the show is to say, if you bump into somebody on the street and strike up a conversation or in a coffee shop or wherever, uh, and they ask you, Rebecca, what do you do? What is your response to that question? You know, what's funny is I um, used to say I am a CEO for a nonprofit. Mm. And now I say I work for a nonprofit because I want people to hear my heart and not my title at first. So um, I work for a nonprofit called Jambos. We are a nonprofit that provides brand new pajamas to kids in foster care. So Mm. oftentimes as kids come into care, they, um, they enter into a new home with very few of their own belongings. And it's our heart to provide them with a practical resource that keep some cozy. So yeah. yeah. It's the little things in life. You know, it really is. And make a big difference, you know, to, it to really is. that are in a lot of cases just battling such, such difficult circumstances. Mm-hmm. So, um, but take me back first before we talk about Jambos, Rebecca, where did you grow up and what, yeah. uh, you know, as you were kind of deciding what your career path was going to be, Mm-hmm. Um, was it always nonprofit, uh, you know, in that kind of area or what was the, what was the initial plan? Not at all. So, um, let's go all the way back. I grew up in a tiny town in Eastern Kentucky, just East of Lexington. Um, and you know, there's like 120 kids in my graduating class. There's mm-hmm. one high school in the town. And, um, but my parents were always pretty, um, insistent that we like, get out, travel, go to the conference, go, you know, kind of see the world. My parents put me on a plane to London when I was 15, like by myself, like go. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm really grateful for that, but I love my hometown where I'm from. It's always going to be home, Um, but I'm not there anymore. So Eastern Kentucky will always have my heart, but I, I live in Atlanta now, obviously. And along the way, you know, I, um, I grew up in the church. I grew up, um, you know, doing the, the week long mission trip, going to the convention, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And, um, I knew really early on about 14 years old that, um, there was a call in my life to serve people. And, um, I really didn't know what to do with that. Um, and I, I, I candidly say that through most of my twenties, I lived pretty far from the Lord. I wanted my mm-hmm. own agenda and I wanted to wear, you know, the pencil skirt and 
corporate job. And, um, and I, I lived for Rebecca and Rebecca's, you know, agenda and, and, and making money was really my thing. So I, I kind of worked my way through, um, sales and marketing type roles mm. all through my twenties. And then finally had this moment where I was like, you know, I know that I have a heart to serve people. I know that I have a ministry heart. Um, and so I went on staff at a very large church in the area and, um, you know, you go from a corporate setting, making six figures, honestly, to, you know, now I'm in ministry. That was, that was a, an interesting yeah. season of my life. You um, but I six, knew six, six figures in ministry. Uh, oh no. Uh, <laughs> but you know, listen here, kids, um, you're doing it for the people and for the souls, you know, PSA. PSA. yeah, as a PSA. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So, so I went on staff at a, at a large church and, you know, the whole time I was there, I was like, you know, I have a heart for people, but I don't want to be a pastor. So like, why am I working? Here? Like, mm. what am I doing? And, um, but I, I was 14 to kind of go back. I was you know, when I served in an orphanage in Jamaica and my heart really started to beat for kids, um, in, in that setting, you know, foster care, adoption, orphanage, orphanages, orphans. Like I had such a heartbeat for that. And, um, but I didn't know what to do with it, you know? So, you know, I think foster care can be a little intimidating to some people and I, it, I me too. And so, um, along the journey, you know, I was going through this ministry career. I, I realized that that was really where my heartbeat was. Mm. And so, um, I walked away from my full-time job to start a nonprofit and yeah. I, um, I'm not, I was not an entrepreneur. I certainly didn't know anything about nonprofit world. Um, and so it was like literally taking a leap of faith, like, God, I know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing with my life now. So let's go do it. And um, so I started Jambos. And like I said, we, um, we provide brand new pajamas to kids in foster care. And um, it has been insane to watch this thing kind of blow up. And, and yeah. some of the things that we've been able to do, the impact we've been able to make has been incredible. So here we are. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's several references throughout scripture to uh, widows and orphans. You see mm -hmm. them put together a lot. And there's mm -hmm. reasons for that, right? Because right. they're, you know, sort of the, um, you know, and were and still are in a lot of ways, like the forgotten of society that Correct. we don't think to serve. But I'm curious when you had that experience in, the orphanage in Jamaica, what did you see? What did you feel? You, know, you talked about that being an eye opener for you. Mm -hmm. Dive into that for me. What was so impactful about that um, for you? Um, I think that um, I use heartbeat language a lot. Um, a lot of people will say, especially when referencing orphans and, and even widows is they'll say their heart breaks um, for those, for those folks. Um, but my heart really beats for them because I think that when a heart beat is in you, you're, you're challenged and you're encouraged to do something about it. Yeah. Um, oftentimes when you have a heart break for something, it's like, wow, I feel helpless. Like there's nothing I can do. Like, uh, like, let me hug you, you know, but mm. when your heart is beaten for something, you're moving, you're making it, yeah. you're doing whatever it takes to make that difference. And you know, the kids that we served, um, there was just such a desire to belong. And there was such um, a heavy feeling, even at 14 years old, I could feel the loneliness that would, that was over those kids. Um, you can, and I mean, I don't know if you've ever done mission work or been in that setting, but you can just feel the, the lack of belonging, the, it feels empty and, and docile a little, like it just feels like, oh, I, these kids don't know that they belong sometimes. And so um, that's really my, my like takeaway from that is that, these kids deserve to know one that God loves them 
Two, that they have a community of people around them, serving them, loving them, thinking of them, praying for them. Um, and, and we just are the hands and feet to do it. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that picture of heartbeat versus heartbreak and, you know, that sort of driving to action on behalf of somebody that has really just captured your heart in a unique way. Um, so, so you do take a detour after the 14 year old, Mm -hmm. you know, experience that you had in in Jamaica. And like you said, you do the corporate, you work in marketing, you're learning Mm -hmm. valuable lessons that entire time. I'm sure that, um, maybe you would not have been as prepared to do what you're doing now. If you hadn't have learned those, what lessons have you, have you taken away from your time and, and sort of corporate America and working in that field? Yeah. So, um, I, I, um, I know that along the way, God was just preparing me for what I'm doing now mm-hmm. and preparing me to fulfill this, this call. Um, there, you know, and anything from, or everything from, you know, scheduling people to payroll, to marketing, to recruiting, to, I mean, all of that. Um, I mean, when mm-hmm. I was, I was managing retail for a season and I was like, well, why am I doing this? <laughs> like, I, what is happening? Um, but I look back now and I learned so much about, you know, guest or client experience, that's all playing out here in nonprofit world as well. Um, how are we, you know, engaging in that season? It was customers in this season. It may be donors or volunteers and it all is, you know, playing, um, playing a part in, in my current position. And I remember thinking to myself, like laying in bed, sleepless nights of like, what am I doing? And now I look back and I'm like, I learned that when I managed a wireless store. I learned that when I sold real estate with a, uh, you know, and marketed real estate, like I worked in the Chick-fil-A drive-through when I was building Jambos. And like, mm. I learned about, you know, their culture was so contagious and I'm pulling things from their, you know, DNA and but we want that at Jambos, you know? Yeah. So lots of opportunity. And I encourage people, if you're doing what you have to do until you can do what you want to do, start taking notes. This is not a waste. Hmm. This is a time for you to start like really knowing like, Hey, what am I going to want to pull from here to put into my business someday? Yeah, that's really good. And Mm -hmm. um, a very secular motivational speaker that will, will go remain nameless on this show at this time, (laughs) but always says um, for him, it's not, he's, he's very entrepreneurship focused. And he always says for him, it's not, just the end result. It's the journey to get there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I love what you said about, um, you know, never, never taking something as, okay, I'm just doing this until I get to do what I really want to do. Add another layer to that of, okay, how is this preparing me? Well, how is this sharpening uh, tools, you know, in my skill set that are not sharp at all? Um, Mm -hmm. Or even, you know, we could all just use a good, solid, helping of humble pie from time to time. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You know, working, I've worked at Chick-fil-A. That'll, Mm -hmm. that'll serve you up some humble pie. From Let me tell you something. That's one of the hardest jobs I've ever had in my life. And I, I was making drinks and milkshakes and I was sweating my guts out. Mm. That was one of the hardest jobs I've ever had, but I learned so much about, you know, recruiting the right people, recruiting the right staff. How are you like, how are you engaging your audience? And like, I mean, it was imperative. Like I, Jambos would not be Jambos without, I mean, the selling of the home inspections, working at the gym, selling the, uh, yeah, it's crazy. I, I see it now. 
I didn't necessarily see it then. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, it sort of paints your perspective even after you kind of get to that thing that you're wanting to do where, so we run a video production agency and we're hiring somebody right now and looking through, you know, hundreds of resumes is challenging and, you know, you're, you're, you want to look for applicable experience, but I've learned in the short time of owning a business looking for different paths that lead to a certain spot can be super valuable and looking yeah. at someone who is applying for a video production job but has had the humility to go from working for a a ad agency to working at home depot you know yeah. to you know getting back in the game like that's valuable valuable stuff and just showing the drive and persistence for folks to right. hey i'm not taking this as all right i'm going to sit around on my tail until Correct. the right opportunity comes um you know Correct. staying staying in uh staying active while you're while you're waiting on that opportunity well yeah you know waiting is an action word i always say you know mm. waiting's a verb what are you doing while you're waiting because, you know, I, I had five mindless jobs while I built Jambos, you know, and, and that I thought, you know, hey, this is easy for me. My W-2s, like I had five W-2s in 2018. Yeah. Like it was crazy. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but, you know, I was not just waiting around. And, mm -hmm. you know, I say kind of to your point about hiring people with that experience is like, I can teach you how to do the tasks. I can't teach that drive, the grind, the grit, the desire, grow, like ownership. I can't teach those things to you. You're showing me that you have that in you when I look at your resume and it's a little bit, you know, what maybe yeah. some people would call sloppy or, you know, messy. I'm like, I see grind here. Some people might right. see a mess, but I see your effort. 100%. So yeah, I'm with you on that 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about the building of, of this thing that you're doing now. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure it's kind of in the back of your mind for a long time is typically how this works out is you're thinking about it. You're thinking about it. You're thinking about it. And then there's a tipping point where you say to yourself, okay, I have to just start building and doing, taking the action steps to make this a, a reality. Talk to me about those initial action steps for you and what initially working on Jambos look like. Okay. So I do have a marketing background, a lot of, and I come out of like, um, like I said, like a corporate setting where everything was all branded and beautiful and, mm -hmm. you know, your name badge down to your, you know, folders and your collateral, everything just looked perfect. And I have a thing for like, I want excellence. And I, um, and it's funny, I saw a quote today that says, don't let getting started stop you. Mm -hmm. And I was so paralyzed by getting started that I, I couldn't move. I knew what I was going to do. I was going to collect pajamas for kids in foster care, brand new pajamas. That's what we wanted to do. But because I didn't have a perfect website and branded business cards and perfect, like I stopped myself. No one's going to take me seriously. I told myself every lie under the book, like under the moon, like I, in the book, like I just was like, I was paralyzed by my own get after itness in some ways, you know? Yeah. And so, um, one day I finally just said, you know what, Rebecca, start where you are with what you got. Mm. And I know that I have friends in this small group of women at my church that if I said, Hey, instead of hosting a Christmas party where we're going to exchange gifts, let's just donate pajamas to our county's defects. And I, so I just threw the idea out there and I was like, does anybody want to just give back this Christmas? And they were all like, yeah, we want to do that. Well, it kind of bled from our small group to the next small group to the, and so like 10 or 12 small groups are in now. Right. And it was two rubber maids and a flyer that my friend made. 
and we just kind of made it work. And we collected um, 223 pairs of pajamas that day. Wow. And I, and I said to myself, wow, this is going to, this is going to work. And, um, and from that moment, I just, I, I treated Jambos from that moment. Like we had always been around. I talked about it. Like we were already a 501 C three. I wasn't deceitful or like, you know, lying or anything, but like, I just talked about it like, Hey, it's always been. Um, so I, I moved forward, you know, inch by inch and I made the weird, awkward phone call to the, you know, Atlanta Braves farm team. They called me back. I made the phone call to, you know, big fortune 500 companies. And they're like, yeah, sure. We'll be a part of that. And I'm like, God's favor, really? Because like nobody returns a voicemail anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I just started building and, um, you know, we had no budget, no marketing dollars, and it was just word of mouth. And I said a lot of yeses, but I was strategic with my nose. Sure. Mm-hmm. And knock on as many doors as possible, right? Oh, I was grinding. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. exactly. Figurative mm-hmm. and literal doors. <laughs> Liter- yes, yes, yeah. yes. No, but I love what you said there. You know, and the other quote I love is uh, perfection is the enemy of progress, right? Absolutely. If you wait till it's perfect, it's never going to happen. Correct. You know, I say all the time, done is better than perfect. Sure. And, um, and so when we, when when we're moving forward, even now, I'm like, Rebecca, just post it to social media, right? Just get something on there. Just, you know, do the video. It disappears in 24 hours. Do it. Just say it. And like, um, and you know, there are things, obviously you give a little more button up, you know, you do all the kind of perfect T's and I's dotted, but just, just get going, like start, um, get out of your own way is a big one for me too. I always say, we'll get somewhere if I can just get out of my way. <laughs> yeah. Just scooch yeah. me over. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. you're not alone in that. Yeah. <laughs> you're not alone in that. Well, talk to yeah. me, you know, working on the corporate side, you've kind of seen how business works, how, mm-hmm. how brands are built on the business side. Mm-hmm. How, how was it different for you working towards building a nonprofit? Um, mm-hmm. Cause I know there's a lot of folks that, are in our, our ecosystem of this show that are working on like passion projects or uh, eventually nonprofits. And they think about it as a business, but there are some, some differences and there's definitely a lot of similarities. What were those sort of, um, you know, contrasting things for you working on building a nonprofit versus, you know, just a regular startup? Well, I think that nonprofits oftentimes, well, all of the time, people who are starting nonprofits are obviously passionate about their cause, mm-hmm. right? We're very heart. We have a lot of heart. You will also bump into a lot of ministry heart, right? The part where I think we suffer is that we don't carry a balance of heart and corporate. You have to have this stewardship corporate bend in order to get your heart moving, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, we, if we're going to do the mission, we have to have the corporate side of things. Yeah. And where your, where your nonprofit, in my opinion, where your nonprofit will fail or fall is when one side gets heavier than the other. You lose heart because you're so rigid and so regimented in your corporate bend that you can't feel anymore, or you're so heart heavy that you're like, you'll accept and do anything just because you care so much. Mm -hmm. So there's this perfect like in tandem um, balance that you have to have in order for it to succeed. And, and you know, that comes with surrounding yourself with the right people. My board is evenly divided. All of them have heart for what we're doing, but this side has a big ministry heart. And this side has a big corporate heart. 
Yeah. And, um, and I, I mean, I can see the difference in them. I'm going to put them head to head with one another <laughs> and they will, they will fight to their death for jambos on both of their sides, you know, but yeah. that's really where, um, that's really where I see, um, you know, s- success has happened for us because we carry that just in tandem. Those two things have to be running right with one another. Sure. So mm-hmm. what were the challenges for you early on in, you know, I think a lot of people hear nonprofit and they think, oh, well, you don't have to make any money. All <laughs> right. No, that's not how this works. You right. know, it's, yes, it's very heart oriented, but mm-hmm. you have to be an effective business and that you have, mm-hmm. the balance sheet has to work out. So yes. talk about uh, the early processes of figuring out, okay, mm-hmm. um, let's balance, you know, maybe we have to start smaller in scale to yeah. make sure that we're going to survive. Uh, did you experience that? Tell me what that was like. Yeah. You know, um, I didn't work for a, a salary or I wasn't employed by Jambos for the first two years. Hmm. So what I was doing in those seasons, but I will pause and say, that's my own fault. Hmm. Um, I was afraid and so insecure and I had so much fear around asking for funding. I could get the tree in the backyard to donate pajamas, but I was not comfortable at all asking people for money. And um, I will say one of the very first questions that I get when I tell people what I do, how do you pay yourself? How do you, do you work there? Like, how do you, how do you eat? Like I get it all the time. And you know, I've just become very comfortable in saying like, listen, funding moves pajamas, money moves pajamas. If we don't have the funding, we're going to sit on all of these pajamas and they're never going to get sent out to the kids that we serve. If we're going to make this impact, it's because we have manpower and we have operation budget. We have all the things that we need to do to make this happen. Sure. And, um, but I, I will tell you, it was very tricky for me to get around, um, and get comfortable asking people for money. Now I'm like, Hey, you got 10 extra dollars. You're going to donate that to Jambos, right? Like I'll ask anybody, like anybody, um, I'm ready, but in those first two years, I didn't take a salary. I worked all the jobs. And you know what? Like, honestly, that's, I think that that has given me a lot of perspective that has really put into perspective for me. Every dollar that comes into Jambos is accounted for. And I'm looking at this going, you know, we're not, we're not going to spend that on that because we need to pay this person or we need Mm -hmm. to ship out an additional box or, I mean, every dollar matters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Without a doubt. And people capital yeah. is, is more valuable than stuff. Correct. Correct. It's not a dollar to dollar comparison when you're talking nope. about serving the people that work for you versus, mm-hmm. you know, something new and shiny. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. We are, I am dying for new warehouse space. Like mm-hmm. we, the walls are like closing in on us. I need space. We have 16,000 pairs of pajamas in inventory right now. They're all just staring at me and where I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, we send them out as quickly as we can, but I'm like, yeah. but I, my ops director is so important. She's, she's got to be on staff. I've got to pay her. And like, uh, that building is going to wait for right now. Um, right. until, you know, someone hears this podcast and donates $1 million. <laughs> um, well, yes. From, from your lips to God's ears. Here it is. Yes, absolutely. Yes, that's right. No, that's great. Well, I want to talk about the fun part for you. Yes. Um, yes. you, you build this thing and I'm sure that very often now you get to have this experience where you see some tangible impact and you see smiles on faces. 
tell me, tell me about that. Tell me what was it like the first time that happened? What's it like when it mm-hmm. happens today? So I will tell you kind of like what I was saying in the beginning, oftentimes kids come into care and they don't have anything with them. Maybe mm-hmm. their book bag, maybe the clothes on their body, maybe shoes on their feet, maybe not. You don't know mm-hmm. what they're coming into the home that they're entering into with. Um, and I had a girlfriend of mine very early on, she had become a foster parent. She called me and she said, Rebecca, I have gr- these two eight and nine year old girls coming to my house. They're only staying overnight one night. And I, I, I have nothing for them. They will be here in like two hours. I'm like, Oh my gosh. So we deployed like immediately here go the pajamas. So we, we drove them to her about 30 minutes away. And when the girls got there, literally they were bare. Like one of them did not have shoes on. They had not showered. They had no, they had nothing with them. They had been living in an extended stay hotel. I mean, the, the scenario just gets worse with every layer. Right. But those little girls um, received the Bible verse card that we attached to every pair. They had an opportunity to talk about the Bible. They had an opportunity to figure out who Jesus was. What is the scripture? Um, They got in their cozy jammies and they had a night's, rest in a safe place. And I mean, it, te- it gets me all teared up now. Like I just, that's what I know we are called to do as believers. And Jambo, like Jambos is an outlet is just a way to, to make that happen. So we were able to kind of, and, and, you know, that gives Jambos a chance to go in and serve the family, but that's the community being a hero. Jambos didn't pay for those pajamas. I did not go shopping for those pajamas. Those were donated by, you know, a gym or a school or a church. That's a community loving those kids. And that's what, you know, the church is, is called to be. And so we get to see, you know, stories like that here and there. The way our model works is we are equipping and providing the practical resource to DFACs and foster agencies. So a lot of the people on the front lines, we're serving them yeah. um, as they serve the kids, right? Um, but to put a little wind in their sails to let them know, like social workers, case managers, they're the unsung hero of this community, like literally like, and so if we can just equip them with something that gives them something to just kind of soften the blow, you know, Hey, it feels like these kids are air quotes being taken from home, you know, like Mm. how can we bring comfort to that very stressful, anxious thing, you know, season. So yeah. Um, and we, I mean, we have stories of kids coming. I have a story of a girl whose um, son, now son, came to her house um, with a bicycle. And that was it. <laughs> All he had was his bike and the clothes on his back. That was it. Wow. And so we were able to step in and, and serve her and her kid. And now, you know, she's adopted him and it's great. But, yeah. you know, those first couple hours of a kid coming to your doorstep, it's like, what do ah, we do? <laughs> what do we do? You <laughs> know, do and sometimes do? it's, 10 PM and you know, you know, her husband drove nights and it's like, wow, like she's alone. So yeah, yeah, it's, it is, it is, it does give us, you know, a little bit of that. Wow. What we're doing does make a difference uh, moment. So, mm -hmm. well, and I want to, I want you to expound on that. And this is going to sound like I'm asking you to brag. I'm not, I want Mm -hmm. you to provide us with some context Mm -hmm. one for that million dollar donor that's listening, that is going to see the impact you guys are making, but tell me about, uh, you know, numbers and impact that you guys have been able to grow to at this point. What are you tangibly doing in, in 2021? Um, what kind of a dent are you making with Jambos? Yeah, so um, we are very, we are young. We're turning three years old on Saturday. So oh, congrats. We, uh, I know our yeah. birthday is coming up, right? 
And initially our goal for um, our very first year was to serve the 843 kids in our county. So mm-hmm. Gwinnett County was where I lived at the time. And I said, I'm going to serve every one of those kids. Well, um, in the first year, we served just under 6,000 kids. Whoa. We brought in over 6,000 pairs of pajamas. I know. The second mm-hmm. year, we served 5,000 kids. And that was um, that was 19. And then, you know, that was, yeah, in 20, we ended up serving just under 6,000 kids during a pandemic. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been wild. This, um, the end of 20, we brought in 16,299 pairs of pajamas and we, I mean, it's insane. We have, (laughs) I know we have now served eight States. We have now been in three countries. We have taken on new permanent territory in Chicago. And so it's been amazing just to watch move and we're like, okay, the hands and feet, like, let's go. Um, but those numbers just don't, don't lie about God's favor and Mm -hmm. the way that you know, he has just really anointed this in. And so yeah. um, for 2021, we're hoping to go into three additional states. Um, that's the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, we're looking to raise $310,000. And then um, we are launching a brand new program this year called Jam. And so um, oftentimes the teenagers of the foster care community are overlooked. They are um, under-resourced and, um, and it's our heart that every child is, is loved and served the same. And so we want to put an emphasis on those teenagers, um, you know, throw some Jamie pay and, and, yeah. and love on them specifically. Mm-hmm. So awesome. yeah. yeah. What a, uh, what a cool journey in such a short time. I know, man, yeah. I'm like looking around going, it's only been three years. Like we've brought in almost 30,000 pairs of pajamas in three years. It's insane. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's incredible. Well, I want you, I want you to take an yeah, opportunity yeah. to tell folks where they can learn more about Jambos and how they can get involved and, and help what you guys are doing. Yeah. So our website is um, jambosdonates.com. And um, that's the same kind of handle for all of our social media. So Instagram and Facebook, we're very active on Instagram and Facebook that gives you a chance to see what we're doing. Um, Lots of posts there for opportunity to volunteer. Um, We have a great volunteer family um, that gives us a chance to make this mission happen. And then um, for folks who are interested in donating, um, we have an Amazon wish list there on our, um, on our website as well as, yeah, as well as a tech to give. So if you're wanting to donate funds to further the mission, um, you just text the word Jambos to 44321. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Well, Rebecca, yeah. it's been a pleasure learning about, uh, you know, what you're doing at Jambos. And I Thank hope, you, you know, I, I hope I didn't insult you at the beginning by saying, you know, sometimes little things make the biggest difference. Um, oh, no, you certainly didn't. We're here for yeah. it. <laughs> and the, the impact that I know just these um, you know, the guys at King of Pops here in Atlanta, I call them Umos, unexpected moments of happiness, you know, yes. the impact that can have on people is real. Yes. And yes. you guys are, are stacking up Umos by the truckload. So yes, uh, yes. yes props for that. <laughs> but if there's Thank anything you. we can do on our end, please don't hesitate to let us know. And of course, it was a pleasure meeting you and it's... please don't be a stranger. Oh, I won't be. You're stuck with me now. Thank That's you so right. much for having us. We're excited We're for the long haul. All right, man. Yeah. Follow Rebecca and the Jambos team on Instagram at Jambos Donates. For more information on how to get involved with this awesome cause, head to jambosdonates.com. Atlanta Born and Brand is a production of Connects Media. 
We're a full-service digital media company focused on helping small businesses tell their story in the most effective way they can. If you'd like to tell the story of your business, we would love to help. You can find us at connectstatl.com. Make sure to subscribe to Atlanta Born and Brand and Apple Podcasts or wherever you happen to be listening. If you like the show, we'd really appreciate a review and a rating. And of course, share it with your friends. Keep up with the show on social media. We're at ATL Born Brand on Instagram and Twitter, and you can also like our Atlanta Born and Brand Facebook page. Finally, you can find all the previous episodes of the show on our website, atlborn.com. For Atlanta Born and Brand and Connects Media, I'm Jonathan Hilliard. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you all soon.